Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Untitled Nick Cage Show. I am whoop, whoop. one of... Huh? I said whoop whoop. Oh, I'm one, I'm one <laughs> of your hosts, you. Larry. <laughs> and I'm the hype man, Rachel. <laughs> See, it wouldn't be that hard, Rachel, if you let me like webcam with you, but apparently if you're famous, they can do that. Oh, your friends I told you. Can't. God. Like, it is under such duress. You have no idea, Larry. <laughs> like, I only do it because I'm forced, but it's forcing me to have, like, exposure therapy. Yeah. Now they're doing, like, the full court press to get me on camera to do our, like, Pride Today thing. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, I, I'm ducking and weaving and ducking and weaving. <laughs> but- <laughs> well, I've seen you've been on camera, too, when you've joined the uh, Plug It Up podcast. Is that what you've been on a couple times? Uh, here's our uh, Bloody Good Whore. Again. Bloody Good Whore. Bloody Good Whore. By, I mean... <laughs> It's you. You gave me an option. They did not. A hundred percent. We know that some people don't like it, and so it was always like, if you want to, cool. If not, See, nice guys always finish last. <laughs> like no it's deal. like they say on your favorite forum, the red pill. The red pill. <laughs> Speaking of the red pill, the Republicans had a good day. Had a good week this week, huh? I'm so darked out, Larry. It's not even funny. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to dive into that too much. Yeah, uh, stick around for the cage rage. I'll dive into why, but from what I've kind of seen, it seems like they were able to use the ineffectualness. We'll use that word for of Joe Biden, and then tie that <sighs> to white America's fear of CRT. Mm-hmm. They don't want God their damn. little kids coming home hating themselves, which is the Ben Shapiro way of describing what CRT is, instead of just. Having a more honest conversation about yeah, God race forbid, in America. God forbid, people are presented with facts because you know what the irony is. I was like totally indoctrinated as a child, believed everything, uh-huh. yeah. and then I uh, once I realized that they had lied to me about evolution, everything else came apart for me. That was it. I'm trying everything to think, else. I'm trying to think. What, honestly, the, the big moment I realized that like the religious upbringing that I had was kind of like. This one sounds so stupid, and I apologize. It was kind of no. like faulty. Was when I played Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Have you played? Really? It? No, I've only played the very, very first Final Fantasy game. Okay, so the, like on like original Nintendo. <laughs> so the big reveal, and sorry, spoilers for an old game at this point, but like this religion that the whole world follows was literally based on lies. Like everything was based on a lie. Like the mm-hmm. whole idea of the summoner sacrificing themselves to kill sin. It was all a lie to keep perpetuating this religious facade. Yeah. And it was like my first time where I kind of realized, Oh shit. Like, yeah. Like maybe religions aren't real. And then you start reading about like real world stuff. And cause like mm-hmm. obviously video games when they have a narrative structure tend to be based on something real. And I was like, Oh man. Yeah, oh. it's it, it's rough, man. It is rough. It, yeah, it is. It is foundationally shaking. I think yes, yes, yes. It was seismic. That yeah. is a perfect way to describe it. <gasps> okay, everybody. So yes, this is the Nick Cage show. This week we are reviewing the film Racing with the Moon. We're kind of jumping back to the beginning of Nick Cage's career. Uh, first watch for me. Was it a first watch for you? Uh, you know, it is not a first watch for me, oh, but cool. I saw it so young uh-huh. that it was like a first watch. When I was growing up, my sister had this massive crush on Sean Penn. Oh, so, okay. so we had this like on VHS. I'm kind of surprised now watching it that I was allowed to watch it because it is uh, kind of heavy for a for kid. For a PG movie, it got a... Was it PG? Yeah. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Whoa. Yeah, there was, there was, there was full male ass. 
And full, the, yeah, I mean, we saw boobies. Yeah. And then, like, the content was actually pretty, I mean, like, surprisingly well done, but we'll get into that. But yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not realize that was PG. I mean, I don't think this predates the PG 13, does it? 84 is when this movie came out. I, I just well, remember I was shocked. In, yeah, because I, I have a note Jones, here. Yeah, I have a note. Was, uh, Originally rated R by the MPAA due to okay. strong language and the scene of nudity. They uh-huh. appealed it and they dropped it to a PG. <laughs> Wild. I mean, to be honest, like, I feel like. It's if PG means parental guidance, sure, <laughs> right? Like I'd rather I, you know, I'd rather the other things I was watching at a time were things like Commando, yeah, and uh, sure, RoboCop. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like honestly, this is pretty freaking tame compared to something like that. So I would really like to hear an explanation of why this got PG, but Titanic got PG thirteen. The death, I think the mass death moved it up a level. <gasps> I think it's also like a time period thing. Oh. I think the pendulum was swinging. You know what I mean? And Tip, Tip, Tipper Gore was complaining a whole lot about violence. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 yeah exactly. I think that's what it is because now, I mean, if you watch the kids stuff we watched as kids movies when we were kids, uh-huh. it was, it's wild compared to the stuff now that's so sanitized. Was it you who I talked to about how shocked I was when I went back and recently watched Batman Beyond and saw Maybe. How- overly sexualized everything was in that show uh, i mean i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> like it, it wasn't in a bad way it was like there's a there's a female bad a villain like, ooze or she's something like a black slime monster whoa yeah and she but she's like when she's human form she's like young like more like batman beyond's age right mm-hmm. and there is just a lot of sexual undertone Really, Heavy. I'm still in. I'm in, still in my rewatch of Batman the Animated Series, but maybe I'll dip over into some Batman Beyond. I love Batman Beyond. I actually have me too that on uh, DVD, and I, I go back and watch it. Now it's on HBO, so it's like cheating. But I, uh, yeah, Batman Beyond I think was heavily slept on. I liked all the animated stuff back yeah. in the day, like Justice League Two and the Superman show was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Batman was just fantastic because they tackled like real shit. It's it goes some dark places. Yeah. Have you seen that mashup that someone did of the new Batman trailer with Batman and the animated series? No. Like, so would that qualify as spoilers for you because you'd hear things? But I mean, okay, I don't know. I I, I mean, it's just a, like a lot of like I'm Batman. You know what I mean? You know mm-hmm. that's gonna be the movie, right? Have you gotten <laughs> to the almost got him episode yet of Batman animated series? I don't think so. I won't spoil anything, but it Who's is... Who's the villain? It's his rogue gallery sitting around the table playing poker, telling the no. story. Telling their stories about how they almost got Batman. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, no, so, I have not oh, gotten I, I have a. I actually have a, a board game. It's just... You need five people to play it, but it's, a, it's like a card with like different rules to it based around that episode called Almost Got Is him. there a version of that on Tabletop Simulator? That's what I want to know. Probably. I would think so. Because the Swole Patrol could ride again, and we could bring somebody else into the mix. Randy could be our dealer. Yeah, he'd do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Okay, so we can get into it. Um, Obviously, the first thing, it's been a while since you and I have recorded just in general. Usually, we we touch base at some point, but uh, what's been new with you? I know you have a very big uh, thing hitting the stands here in about a month, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's I've mostly just been working. We're going to talk. I, I took a vacation, but I'm going to save that for Cage Rage. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, most of, mostly I have been doing a lot of working. I've been doing a lot of writing. Like you said, I my out cover is on stands at the end of this month with Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira. Um, I am so excited. I, I will I will be purchasing that. I told Devin about Aww, that. Oh, that's so nice cool. of you. It's very cool. It's very, very, very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and I have my interview with Jennifer Tilly coming out on Wednesday. And I can send you a link to that when it goes up. Okay. But um, yeah, because I've been doing all of the press junkets for Chucky, which is I was going to say, was that what it was for? I, I didn't yes. think it was going to be for uh, Crash. Was that the one that she was in with, uh, with the lesbian crime drama? Are you thinking of Bound? Bound. That's what it was, Bound. We did yes. talk about Bound. Did you? <laughs> Totally, of That's, course. Again, talking one of those fun, like, foundational, like awakening things. That was, that uh, was a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of <laughs> girls learn some things about themselves when they saw that movie. <laughs> a lot of girls did. Uh, yeah. So we did talk about Bound a little bit because she also like has a little bit of a. This will come out after the the show's been released, so I can say it. She has, like, a little bit of a romance with a same-sex romance in the show. It is okay. so gay, Larry. It's so great. <laughs> I haven't gotten to it yet, only because I've been busy, but... Well, again, don't teasing worry. My, teasing my own cage rage, I think I'll have a little bit more free time that I want to spend on that. Because I, I, I like... I don't... I have not unenjoyed... How am I phrase that? I have enjoyed everything that has come out in regards to Child's Play. Have you seen all the movies? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Good. Yeah, good, good. I, I, like some of them get weird. Like the one in mm-hmm. the house is that cult or is that? Yeah, so that's cult. That's the one that introduced Nika Pierce, who's an important character played that's, by Fiona that, Dorf. That's Brad Dorf, daughter like, of Brad Dorf, daughter, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and then there is after that it's it's cult. That one is or is, is cult the one where they're in the asylum and, yes, and they bring the back asylum. the little boy? Curse is the one in the house. Curse, cult is the yes. one. It yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Well, good. You're all set up for Chucky then, because it is a continuation of the movies. And there's been a part of me too that's been kind of keeping an eye on it and kind of keeping it like at arm's length, so I can binge it because I, I prefer the binge watch as opposed to the okay. weekly waiting. Okay. Hmm. I have been spoiled by Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> you may end up watching the first episode. I'm just warning you now. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so i've mostly just been working and like getting stuff it's spooky season obviously we just ended october and that is always the craziest time you know yep. you run a, a horror podcast empire Luckily, we actually got all of it done like in september because justin's wedding Wild. was towards the end so we we still put out like even extra content but yeah. we got it all done like ahead of time so i actually got to enjoy the last three weeks of october well, screw you, buddy. <laughs> was, yeah. You guys did so much. Like, you guys were posting yeah. like the, the 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 daily themed pics. I yes. had some complaints along the way, but that's fine. Yes, yes. But once <laughs> once you understood the philosophy, I feel like we got in a better place, yes. and we're like friendship we back on track. Okay, <laughs> yes. good. Um, and we did like these mini reviews. Like we we definitely go all out during October. So, I mean, I love it, but I'm also just like. A little glad to kind of take, like, catch my breath. So this is, this, yeah. this, I've been looking forward to this moment. Like, hanging out with you, talking about Nick Cage, chilling out. Yeah, because we were going to do it last week, uh, last Monday. Oh, I was and, a mess. like, I could kind of tell, like, you were, like, not messaging back right away. And I was like, girl, do you want a break? It's like, I'm, I'm kind of on vacation. And I was like, let's push the damn thing. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> 
no, but I don't like to. I like when I make a commitment, I like make it. Yeah, and but so it's, it's like, hard it's for flexible. me. As long as this episode comes out once a month, I, I'm okay. good. Okay. I just Even want if you it to know. November 30th, like it's still in November. We, we, we made it. I just want you to know I value your time. You know what I mean? And I know you don't just like show up on the podcast not having done anything before. Like when we make an agreement to do these things, like you've also agreed to take time out of your busy schedule to watch a movie, to think about it, to write notes, to research things, to come up with – like there's a lot of moving parts and I value your time. So when I I say I'm going to do something, I try to do it. (laughs) I I do appreciate it. But honestly, like recording with you is so easy. And as long as like we – like it's like, hey, (laughs) this isn't going to work, like – are there any like of these multiple options that can work to refill it? That's all we need. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, thank I'm you good. for being very, very generous with uh, letting me chill on my my vacay. You should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into it. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, so, how about you? What has been going on with you? So, I'm trying to think. Of the last time I recorded, I think it's been a while. So, it's been I like actually finished. My first two classes of my MBA program. <gasps> Congratulations! Thank you. Na, 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 Thank you. Na, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm carrying a solid four. I got A's in both Ooh. of them, so I'm pretty happy about that. I'm 0% surprised. I am. I was nervous. I did not do well in undergrad when I left West Point and had freedom. I uh, I discovered partying, and that <laughs> did not. And I started out a very, very bad semester, so even though I climbed back up, it was rough. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'm but now my... you're Larry set the curve beaver. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm the one that people hate now. Uh, yes. But I'm in my Embrace second week of my next classes. Um, they're actually going well. One is a managerial accounting, which I think is a little more applicable. Okay. like applied to like grants and stuff, which is so cool. So much math. And well, the other class is business analytics, which is just straight up a stats class. Like 100% Ooh. straight up. You know what though? In our future, like we are in, like in the matrix at this point. Like mm-hmm. understanding statistics and data like makes you Neo. So embrace it. Well, it's also kind of nice too. I've done most of the statistical analysis mm-hmm. through my 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 actual job. And oh, okay. So, and so to apply it to like looking at business stuff and like kind of deep diving into the actual theory, which I haven't talked about since oh my god, like two thousand and ten. Like, I know how to do it, but I haven't, like, gone into, like, this is why we do it. This is what we're actually looking at. These are what these different numbers mean and why they represent what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you inspire me. I need to go back to school. <laughs> Although, also, like, <laughs> you scare me because I see how stressed out you are. It, it really, really vacillates. It's too much. Oh, Rachel, of the wait, spectrum. wait, wait, wait till Cage Rage. You're, it, it, <laughs> I am. Today was kind of like the last step in this like culminating thing that kind of got thrust at me. Oh no! And like all the all, all of the stress of it is gone, but the anger about my time being wasted is just <laughs> and I am exquisite. Oh, I am I am so hot. I have been I've been running on hot. I literally like I, after like I messaged you and I said, "Hey, like just so you're aware, like when we get to this, I'm going to be angry." And I apologize in advance. I've been watching like I've been watching like Pokemon challenge runs like. Can I be Pokemon? Can I be Pokemon Silver with just a shuckle? And it's like I don't know. Can you? Let's spend fifty minutes and watch you explain the minute detail about how you're taking one of the shittiest Pokemon to beat this game. Take me on your journey. I am here with you. Let me drink some water as we do this. <laughs> that is how I de-stress. It's like wasting substantial amount of time I know watching something that has no meaning. But my God, is it re- like just? 
Susan. That's me with like drag queen makeup tutorials. Sure. Like, when I feel the rage, I'm like, I need to watch a man put makeup on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess kind of the last thing uh, is my wife and I, we went to a cabin in the woods. Yes, and you survived. Weekend. Oh, my dude, Rachel, I was scared. I won't lie to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was out in it. And like um, I shared some pictures. It was a very unique building. Like it was a, it was circular and it was almost like nautical shaped on the inside, Ooh. but like most of the walls were windows. Oh, you had like the Mandy house. Yeah, and it was like pitch black. The shower was open <gasps> to the bathroom, like, but it was like sunk in. So the, the 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 bathroom was above it, and the shower was down below in a separate room, what? but you could see through it. What? It was super super cool, but like it was so dark outside. So that's what's new with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like you have something here for the Breaking Cage news yes, section. Yes, I have a little bit of news. Um, I, I will say our boy stays in the news. I could have actually told you like three or four stories. Like, uh, Yeah, there was one story I was going to talk mm. about that had to do with the Alec Baldwin shooting yeah. and how Nick Cage had a, a freak out about on his set with this same um, production person who handed Alec Baldwin a loaded gun. But that whole situation... So heinous. Honestly, the moment when the day after it happened and I was already seeing TikTok videos of people connecting it to the Clintons, I was just kind of done. What? Oh, yeah. The day after, Rachel. I swear to God. Our brains are rotten. Our brains are like worms in the shape of brains at this point. Like, I don't understand. Apparently, the cinematographer's husband worked for a law firm that was suing the Clinton Foundation. (sighs) Oh, Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking less than 24 hours after the shooting. What is wrong with you people? Get it together. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, so I, I uh, indulge attack. in a little, like, cryptid, like, you know, fantasy realism. Like, yeah, maybe oh, Bigfoot girl, is Oh, girl, I love there. my conspiracy theories. But, like, I also recognize that it's just fun conspiracy mongering. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe the fun conspiracies. I just engage for, like, a little bit of fun. Yes. Did you watch American Crime Story yet? Yes, I was given a homework assignment. Oh, okay. I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> are, are, are you are you are you caught up? No, I watched I watched the first episode. I watched the first okay. episode. So I, I, won't, I won't spoil anything. The, the, the Clinton conspiracy. I was like, oh god, this has been going on so long. <laughs> I know. So not this week's episode because I haven't watched it yet. But last week's episode was when we really got Eddie Falco. Oh, I love her so much, Rachel. I'm going to say this before all of you are listeners who probably know me as the more uh, rightish person on the Discord, even though I think I'm pretty liberal. I mean, you're definitely not the rightest. I don't know if you know this, but you're actually <laughs> not. There's a conservative okay, on well, my good. Discord. I, <laughs> uh, I felt true empathy for Hillary Rodham Clinton after last week's episode of American Crime Story hmm. and – I think a lot of it has to do with Eddie Falco's ability as an actress, but I also think kind of placing Hillary Clinton and looking behind the scenes of what was going on during Mm -hmm. all of this fundamentally made me relook at how I see her. Interesting. That's interesting. I I, I, literally episode ended. I looked at Devin and I was like, I. I have to fundamentally change every way I felt about Hillary Clinton. Really? 
Swear I might to God. have to just skip and, and, to that episode because now I'm just like dying of curiosity about what what happens in this episode that could be so paradigm shifting. It's when Hillary finds out the truth. I mean, she's still a human being. I think people forget that, you know, like it's. I think I did. I th- yeah. I, I, I honestly think I did. And I think having an actress who is just as amazing as Eddie Falco, who I've been waiting all. Like, the reason why I started watching it was because I knew she was in it. So I've been waiting all season to see my girl. Yeah. But you're like kind and of a she's... Murphy head, right? Like you, you get down with Ryan Murphy. Oh, of course. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would have watched it regardless, but when I saw Eddie it Falco was, like was playing Hillary deal. Clinton, I was like, let's go. <laughs> okay. But we'll say that. We'll say okay, that for yes, the bonus we'll episode. I'm we'll sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This bonus episode is going to be packed, y'all. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get in. Okay. My cage news. Um, really quickly, so I don't know if you've heard, but there are some National Treasure sequels in the works. Or there, I did about a dreamer, right? Yes, right. Okay, so the T was there was going to be National Treasure three and National Treasure four, and that Nick Cage was oh. going to be headlining both of those, and there was going to be a Disney Plus series that follows, um, like you said, a dreamer, uh, Lisette uh, Alexis. Okay. So, looks like maybe that's a no. All of it? Well, the TV series is happening on on okay. Disney+, Plus, but Nick Cage is not going to be involved with any of it. Apparently, he says he is done with blockbusters. Disney blockbusters specifically. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's reached a stage in his career where he can do it. I I like the National Treasures movies, but I'm a sucker for that Me kind too. of, like, on the back of this, like... Again, did you ever read Da Vinci Code? Yes. Yeah, it's like I'm not religious or anything, so that, that didn't bother yeah. me. It's a good adventure story. Yeah, I mean, even a bad adventure story, I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I was obsessed with Raiders of the Lost Ark as a kid, and like because mm-hmm, of that, mm-hmm. Temple of yes. Doom. Exactly. It didn't make me a purist. It made me like. <laughs> I just uh, you. It can be dumb as shit, and if it's a good adventure, and there's a rock that's rolling, and there's like you know whatever, like any sort of rip off. I have played I will... every single Tomb Raider game, and there are some bad Tomb Raider games oh, out yes, there. Oh yes, there are. Literally for that, which is why that sense of adventure. You need to play Drake. <laughs> I know. I I I was actually telling them I was going to go up to the video game shop and see if I can find Uncharted yes. Two is when you said the start. Yeah, with, I mean right? Uncharted One. You could probably just watch a little bit just to find out who the characters are. It's it it's uh-huh. it's not a great game, but it had like it it's you can sense the greatness. It's just not all okay. together yet. And then in Uncharted Two, you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah, I just grew up with Laura Croft, Me and too. then when Square Enix got the the IP and like Ooh, that fixed it yes. and like gave Laura respect, yes. and then when she I didn't having like weird the- square boobs. Yeah, and I, I'm not a big Angelina Jolie fan. I just never really have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they revamped the movie franchise too, with Alicia Vikander, like it was that's a great movie. I think the sequel's coming out next year. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So I love those games. I mean, and I also I played adventures. some really shitty ones, like that Angel of Darkness one. but yeah i that first tomb raider game was a revelation but i think it comes back to just loving these adventure things and so that being said nick cage crappy adventure movie like i wanted it i really wanted it so i'm 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 glad that you're not upset and i i'll i'll bear this burden for the two of us i'm bummed so i I wanted to know what was on the back of the magna carta you know (laughs) what's on the back of all these documents 
I wouldn't want him in the TV series. I think if you're going to focus on a dreamer, kind of exploring yeah, that I think it would be side of history. Cameo. It was going to be like cameos. Then that's fine, but I would rather give the stage sure. to her and her story. Sure. But if you do a National Treasure 3, he needs to be I don't it. know how you do it without John Voight. Is, yeah. And even though John Voight has been in some of my favorite movies yeah he kind of ruined himself didn't he he has taken the the bottle of the red pills and just swallowed them all he, he swallowed the bottle <laughs> yeah he took he took the whole including thing including the he, bottle he, he and not, the safety proof like childproof cap all of it yeah he, he did not follow the instruction <laughs> on, on, on label uh so that's actually the biggest reason why is because i don't want I can go back and watch the first two and enjoy them yeah. and kind of have this cognitive dissonance because that was in a – even though the feelings of Trump predated it, Trump hadn't really pulled these people out, yeah. right? So I can kind of yeah. parse it. Mm-hmm. But now after seeing him put those fucking videos up with the My Pillow guy, I think Ooh, I – Grim. John Voight, you just stay in your old movies. You stay in Enemy of the State, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, and we'll just – We'll just go forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've decided to stay in the past, so we're going to move forward without you, sir. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very, very good way to put it. Okay, we have been recording for an hour. Uh, we have uh, not even gotten into the movie. <laughs> yeah, listeners probably only have about 20 minutes. Uh, you missed some tea, but uh, sorry, you weren't here for it. Um, we are going to get into our review of Racing with the Moon, followed by this lovely swing music. So my turn for the the background. Ooh, I of the love film. this. This is where I just get to sit back and be a spectator. Mm, I love it. And hopefully ask questions if, I, if I'm being okay. clear. Too. So it's a 1984 America drama film starring Nick Cage, Sean Penn, and Elizabeth McGovern. Mm-hmm. Starting with Penn, there is a lot to unpack. Really, um, Sean Penn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to try my best to stick to the big signposts. Okay. He has two Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Both for Best Actor, one in Mystic River, which I love that movie. He's great. I mean, he's a great actor. He he really is. And then Milk. Uh huh. Um, he had his film debut in Taps. Have you seen that? No, I don't think so. I watched that right before West Point, and it made me. There was a couple movies I watched before going to West Point that made me kind of reevaluate whether that was the right path. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: It wasn't. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, he also starred in Fast Times at Ridgemont High Holy. and uh-huh. other major films of his include I Am Sam, mm-hmm. Into the Wild, and Carlito's Way. Yep. He is very politically active, mm-hmm. having been a vocal critic of Bush II, yep. a supporter of Hugo Chavez, and he ended up getting out Chapo arrested. <laughs> I mean, the man has lived a life. Say what you yes. will. He has lived a life. 
So we're going to get into something, and I promise that I'm doing this for a purpose. Okay. Penn was married to Madonna. They had a movie called Shanghai Have Surprise. No, but apparently it was the Jiggly of its time. <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> he was in a relationship with Robin Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, he split up with her to date the singer Jewel. Got back. Uh, actually, Jewel was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I know I get shit from you for listening to that. <laughs> they had a long conversation about mental health that I thought was really nice. <sighs> I, I never really had heard Jewel's story before that. Have you so ever seen um, uh, the Will Smith zombie movie where they like? I am Legend? Yes, where they like briefly cure cancer, but then everybody turns into yes. rage zombies. Isn't that what the coronavirus vaccine is doing? I'm just saying, like, if that were a person, it would be Joe Rogan. <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> he got back together with Robin Wright, only to divorce her again. Uh, it happened a couple more times, too. He dated Charlize Theron for two years. He got married to Australian actress Leila George in 2020, but they got divorced 10 days ago as of our recording, which was actually supposed to be last Monday, so like three weeks ago now, I guess. Do you uh, think we broke them up? Re- are not recording? Is it a butterfly effect? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so the question, why am I bringing all this yes, up? Yes, why are you bringing this up, Larry? When I was doing research into Sean Penn, I, I knew, like, the big signpost, right? I knew he was a great actor. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was very politically active. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the El Chapo thing was a big story. Yes. When Me Too broke, Ooh, no. <laughs> no. his name never came up. A lot of names did come up, and you and I have had conversations about some of the names that were big and small. Mm-hmm. Um, names about people who I thought maybe got the hammer of Me Too when they should have gotten more of a slap, mm-hmm. but whatever. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Sean Penn was very abusive to his partners. Yeah. Um, in particular, Madonna. Who still wants to be with him, which is wild. And who has recanted her statements that apparently he like beat her. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was extremely volatile at that time because he was, like, breaking photographers' cameras and yeah. punching photographers, I think. I don't know. This is, That could be incorrect. I have not. Don't fact check me. Or do. I don't know. No, no, no. And I have a couple articles here I posted. And, like, I don't want to get into it because it, I don't want to harsh the vibe. We're in the We're about to talk about his, like, romantic. <laughs> yes. Because he actually dated McGovern during this. Which Did we'll get into he? in fun facts. Yeah. Oh, that is a fun um, fact. But I think it's important that even though Penn has portrayed some really important roles, like his his role as Harvey Milk elevated like the the gay politician and his story to a level that people hadn't seen before. Right. But James Franco's also in the movie, and I loved James Franco growing mm. up, but when you kind of find out more about mm. the fratty nature of what Franco f- kind of personified. More than fratty. You put that to the side, right? Like, like, like I, and I, I think for, and I, and I don't know why Penn doesn't get that same treatment. Um, Maybe because they weren't shows, revelations. Everybody knew. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, we should still address it. Oh, for it. sure. And I, I think I think that's where Me Too has a lot of room to go. I mean, obviously, we had our former president talking about grabbing women's genitalia on tape. What four years before I you were you referring looked at to the United Locker States? Room talk, yes, uh huh. 
Yeah. Um, so I think it's important that even though the Me Too movement has kind of quieted down, I think it's important, at least for myself, um, as someone who recently had to put behind and stow away everything to do with Marilyn Manson, Yeah, we can't forget that the issues that Me Too brought up are still prevalent, and there are people out there who have benefited from the system that perpetuated that. And even though I think Sean Penn is a great actor and I think he did a great job in this and I have liked a lot of his other movies, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about him as a person and like kind of congratulating him. Right. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, we can focus our thoughts on, on, on the cage who, Sounds by the great. way, also not mentioned in the me too's. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> he was probably too busy going and like collecting weird treasures. Right. Like he was too <laughs> and busy. Storing like, them in his house. Right. Like there had to be some sort of like Superman like memorabilia he was busy scouring yes. <laughs> the internet the globe for he didn't have time for being a creep that's absolutely right uh elizabeth govern is an award-winning actress and musician perhaps best known for her role as evelyn nesbitt in the 1981 film ragtime mm. she was actually nominated for an academy award for that she starred in downton abbey she was nominated for an emmy and a golden globe i haven't seen it yet <gasps> oh larry so good i've heard it's dry i mean i it just depends on your tastes i think okay uh the film ordinary people uh-huh. once upon a time in america uh-huh. the handmaid's tale which is a 1990s movie uh-huh <laughs> have you seen it yeah of course <laughs> based on the same yes. book okay and then the chaperone mm-hmm. uh the film was directed by richard benjamin and written by steve cloves uh, Benjamin is an actor and director, having starred in such films as Westworld, not the TV show, the original movie. Seen that one, on too. Crichton, <laughs> yeah, based based on the Crichton novel, which I like. Uh, and then Goodbye Columbus. And he directed films such as City Heat with uh, Reynolds and Eastwood. Mm. And he made, he made the film Made in America with Whoopi Goldberg. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Cloves was unknown to me, but I was surprised to find out how important he actually is to me. Oh, really? He adapted all but one of the Harry Potter films from book to film. Oh, so he is still like he didn't do was Phoenix doing the thing in Hollywood. Yeah, wild. Yeah, I I had no idea. I do the directors and everything, right? But kind of doing this show is kind of allowed me to like dive into different things and i had no idea that's so cool yeah the film's title is derived from the song of the same name by van monroe or von monroe which was released in 1941 and you heard that in the introduction to the review oh okay it was shot on a budget of 6.5 million dollars and it barely grossed six million at the box office (laughs) the lake scene between penn and mcgovern was shot in the dead of winter oh no but the uh, actors were committed to it, so they did it anyways. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, according to a September 84 edition of Photoplay, which is a UK magazine, Sean Penn and Elizabeth McGovern had an intimate relationship off screen during the making of the film. At one time, they were even living together, but they did eventually split up. That's crazy. I love a showmance. Yes, and it seems that everything we've done so far has had that in some way. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it's because we're like in the early stages of the Nick Cage relate. Like, so yeah. he's like they're all young, exactly. And everybody's twenty and like all horned up. 
Yeah, if you, I remember if you go through like Johnny Depp's like early filmography, he pretty much dated every single actress he was a part across that from, which surprise me. tended to be uh, my girl Winona. Oh, <laughs> uh, Winona. For a while. Winona. She's everybody's uh, I girl. Will, I will always love her. <laughs> Have I told I you that I, I wrote her like letters when I was like, did you really? I have in my diary because I was not a dramatic teenager at all. <laughs> I wrote her these letters that were meant to be given to her upon my death. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, Winona Ryder is one of my bucket list interviews I'd like to have. Right, yeah, yeah. I would love to sit and talk to her about Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands and then just Stranger Things, obviously now, kind of the career resurgence, but I just... I'll let you know if there's any press things coming up. I loved her. I loved her. All right, the shots in which Penn and Cage stand on the railroad tracks with the train coming toward them were done with a large mirror positioned on the track. Mm. The camera shooting it. Uh, into it rather than the oncoming locomotive to give the illusion that the train was actually coming toward them when the train was actually on a set of tracks nearby. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, it was originally rated R, but they petitioned and it was dropped to a PG. That's impressive. <laughs> and this is not the first film that Sean Penn and Nick Cage were in together. Right. You said fast. Fast Times, yes. yes. We mentioned that earlier on the show that Nick Cage had a very small role in that movie. And for the purposes of our show, we are sticking to the films that Nick Cage has a lead or at least supporting actor He needs actor to have, role. like, lines. <laughs> yes. Except for there was one exception that came out this year. or Yeah, this year. Yes. We'll make I, an exception for I, that one. <laughs> That will be the probably the, the one of the very few episodes where we will not have our favorite cage line unless we simulate grunts or cans <laughs> <Yeah>. opening. <laughs> All right, so pros and cons of the plot. Yes, you had seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like you saw it when you were. Yeah, younger I didn't too, remember right? it. I knew that I had seen it, and like when I was uh-huh. watching it, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is like certain moments were familiar." Like plot beats that i was like oh this is why i know this plot beat as opposed to like necessarily knowing that it was from this if that makes sense yeah Yeah. but so for myself i never seen it before um on a surface level i really liked it i i always kind of like the the young boy figuring me and i I was like i'm a guy right like stand by me those kind of movies just hit a spot for me so these kids not knowing what they want thinking that the solution to their problems is in the army and like in buddies, right? Kind of going through stuff. Yeah. Um, some things were a little bit hard to determine starting out for okay. me. And I'm still a little bit confused towards the end. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that's directing or writing or whatever it might be, but I was going to ask you, was Sean Penn like mentally handicapped in some way? No, I think he was just 19. Okay, I, I couldn't tell because well, because sometimes like the way he acted in situations, I couldn't tell if he was like meant to be like autistic. Oh, or... interesting. No, I think it's kind of this weird juxtaposition of being a teenager, but also okay. kind of being adultified by life experience, like okay. the impending draft. Like these people are thinking yeah. about things like mortality and like kind of having to pack in a lot of life in this month. 
So sure. I don't know, maybe that those two things combined are what you're talking about. I'm not really, I'm not totally, I'm trying to think of a scene in particular. It was like when he was specifically when he was interacting with McGovern's character, mm. he just really seemed like, I don't know. It, it, it did not seem, it seemed more than just bashful. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. That's, that's why I didn't know and it wasn't clear and I, I wasn't sure. Um, and speaking of McGovern's character, I I wasn't able to kind of figure out what role she played in that house. I realized that she wasn't like the rich person in the yeah. house, but I didn't understand like that it was her mom who lived who like worked for them who lived there oh. that allowed her to be she there. She calls her mom. I I, I must. Yeah, it's it. when it's when they're it. opening the presents at Christmas, yes, and yes. she she calls her mom at that point, and that's when you like are like, oh, that's the maid. Though. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and that was and that because it took me a little bit. Like I understood that she, obviously when the blonde woman is sitting in front of the mirror and then the old man comes in, like it was very clear there was a different dynamic there. But I wasn't a hundred percent sure what was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I must have missed the calling her. I mom. mean, it's a subtle I, I thing. To, I had to have missed yeah. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing for me. And this is probably my biggest pro is that it's this coming of age movie, Mm -hmm. a love story, all this stuff. And it's going to tie into my categorization of this film. Okay. Nick Cage is kind of presented his character, Nikki, as laid back, lackadaisical, scheming, fun loving, but a good friend, right? To Sean Penn. Yeah. The abortion through line mm-hmm. of this, yeah, was very heavy. Mm-hmm. It was very honest. Mm-hmm. I felt like characters actually reacted towards it in a way that I thought was more realistic than I'd seen it in even '90s movies, yep. which I was really impressed by for an older '80s film with the censorship that was kind of going on in cinema back then. Uh-huh. Um. I was really, really impressed by that. I'm much of that should go in acting, but I th- I'm, I'm kind of talking about it here because they made an active choice to include that li- through line through the plot because like him hooking up with her starts at the very beginning and kind of goes throughout to the very end. Yeah. And I was very impressed that, that was included in mm-hmm. this, and I think it elevated this movie for me several notches, mainly because it wasn't just a simple coming of age story or a simple um, summer romance story, right? Or I guess winter takes place around yeah. Christmas. A Christmas <laughs> romance story. Uh-huh. It there was like real stakes. Like these were real characters with real things going on, trying to understand themselves. And I think the abortion story and the way they handled it was really impressive. I was I was very much impressed by that. Yeah, I agree. We all know that I am like a crusty old dead inside kind of gal who doesn't really get down <laughs> with love stories. Except for uh-huh. for some reason, when they're like a period piece like this, <laughs> I think basically like 1940s costuming is the erogenous zone of my heart because <laughs> I can like actually <laughs> soften a little bit. But also, I think a big part of it comes back to actually, believe it or not, the the things like the inclusion of the abortion plotline. Because what I like about this is it's not super saccharine and melodramatic, yeah. but it also there is like actual like emotional stakes and like real world consequences that are touched on this. It's not like this is not a type of plot that has been touched on in the past, like 
I mean, sure. Dirty Dancing is one of those. Yep. Or, or like the whole going, like men going off to war soon, like uh, the mm-hmm. the stakes of that kind of relationship. But what I liked about this was that there, I felt it, it was very grounded in reality. Like Nikki is a complicated character. Like you said, he's in some ways a really great friend and really laid back. But all of that, you do kind of get the sense is like a little bit of a um, front that he puts on, right? Because we because he's very childish. Yes. We also know that he has a backstory with like an abusive father. And yes. like he is putting on this brave, like patriotic front because like in reality and realistically, he's terrified because they are going off to war. I and mean, like there's that really great scene where they're doing the hospital stuff and you're getting like kind of that gallows humor. And I think there's a real yeah. realism to that. And I'm glad that that kind of thing was included in here. Um, and- the, the whole like looming dread throughout this movie is mm-hmm. that like, impending draft and they they pepper it throughout but the most to me the most chilling scene in this entire movie is when he's in the movie theater watching the newsreel and they're it's like about teenagers going to war and like but it's it's like orwellian the way they're like look at these teens signing up for war teens on the war front it's what they're saying is horrifying but they're delivering it with this like just dripping with propaganda I almost turned down my appointment at the West Point after watching Saving Private Ryan. I mean, <laughs> that'd do it. Maybe if you maybe like, you'd watch Full Metal Jacket, you would have definitely turned it down. I hadn't seen it yet. I had not seen it yet. I didn't actually Ooh. see it until after West Point. <laughs> Spend a couple of minutes like, in private pile, and you'll be like, "And I'm out." <laughs> and, and, and that, and I, I totally agree with mm-hmm. you. It was, but I, I've seen so many of that, and I've had to deal with my yeah. own relationship with the military on my own time the thing for me that kind of hit me the most and again i'm putting it here in plot but it kind of falls into acting as well it's after they go get nick cage's girlfriend to get the abortion yeah and she's just like um, weeping in the back seat and sean penn's girlfriend's upset and she storms out and then sean penn realizes that she's not actually rich and all this stuff kind of comes out and they're having the nikki and sean penn are having this conversation and Penn goes, you didn't even open the door for Yeah. hmm But, I mean, I and, feel like that's very – like, Nikki feels like a real person to me. And that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, like, I don't – and that's the thing. Like, I never felt like Nikki was bad. No, he's it was a like, flawed human. He never human. thought about yeah. it. Like, he, like, that was, like, that was, like, something he had to take care of. It was, like, I have to make sure I take care of this. This is my responsibility. I have to get it done. I want to do what I can to get it done. And, like, I just don't ever think he thought about that. And that's how it comes across. Like, mm-hmm. it was a nuanced way of having this yeah. conversation that Nikki's not a bad guy. No. But he has his flaws. Yeah. And this is an issue that we should be discussing. Right. Like, he had to take this on. And I don't know. That 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 really – that line in particular – obviously, we pick a cage line yeah. for our favorite line. But if it was anything else, it would be that because it's like, fuck, he didn't. Like, I didn't even think about it when I watched mm-hmm. it. You know, and then he says it, and I was like, "Damn!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some really good writing in this. I think this is, like I said, really not writing. my kind of movie, but I, I think it's a sign that it was a really good version of it because I found myself getting very invested in the story. Yeah, we will obviously do our rankings at the mm-hmm. end, but I was, I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really don't have any cons. I felt like it was fast paced. I felt for yes, a story that we've urgency. kind of all seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that it did a lot of really unique and different turns to it. Mm-hmm. This is by no means like Citizen Kane or Parasite or anything like that. It's just a good movie that there's nothing really to like. No, I think it's say negatively about it. I think it's it's quite good. I think it's quite good. Yes. Yeah, and I think yes. that Nick Cage is quite good in it. But we'll get into that in acting, and I guess. That is perfect. As we move into acting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I highlighted our three characters: McGovern, Penn, and Cage. I think you have seen why they all went on to Academy accreditation in their future careers because, my God, I, yeah, it was just, it was top tier across the board the the whole time. There was never a scene. Again, the only thing I mentioned earlier was I wasn't sure if Penn's character was meant to be autistic or, or, or whatever. I, I wasn't sure. It was just weird. Yeah. But it, I kind of wrote it off similar to what you said is like he was just a young boy who was confused and like trying to figure out the world around him. Got a which lot makes going sense. on. <laughs> yes. Like he, but, he, he's like a child and also like facing mortality, which is yep. a fascinating and really upsetting thing to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we have some smaller characters pop in, like we get Crispin Glover. I was going to say, a, can uh, we talk about the cameos in this? Yeah, we were for a little best of times. Yes, <laughs> representing the best of times. <laughs> um, I I just again like this is just a good movie. Yeah, like, this was a legitimately good film, yeah. and I, I I I think they were all great. I thought Nick Cage brought it, and again, I think his character was the most complex, had the most kind of going on with like his background mm-hmm. and what he was dealing with, and like. He had these comedic bits, like when they were doing the hustle, and then he had these serious bits, yes. and I just, I, I was very, very impressed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew with Sean Penn what to expect. Yeah. I, I've seen again, Mystic River is one of my favorite movies. I like that crime drama stuff, mm-hmm. and so I knew Sean Penn could bring it to the table. Um, I wasn't really familiar with McGovern, but when I looked into, I saw that she had done a She's lot, great. and she was great, yeah. and. But even so, even with those two bringing their A game, I thought Nick Cage brought A plus. Like I, I think this is by far the best Nick Cage performance we've had on this podcast. And I, I'm sorry, Valley Girl fans, I don't think it's close. Yeah, I don't think the performance. I mean, like I think he is definitely developing his craft at this point, right? Yes. Like the, there's a lot less Nick Cage in this performance, if you know what I mean. Like it's yes. less of him sort of playing a version of himself. That being said, there is. A sense of sort of and – and he channels it into pathos essentially because I think it would be easy to turn Nikki into a one-note character or kind of 100%. an empty, bohunky dum-dum. But instead, yep. uh, like I think it's it's something about the Nick Cage broody eyes, right? Like he yeah. – there is pain in, a, in this role that he brings to it as an actor. Um, that really Absolutely. elevates the character of Nikki. He this is this is the Nick Cage that goes on to win a bunch of awards. You can still see it just a hint in a few moments of the other aspects of the Nick Cage thing, right? Yes. But like mm-hmm. you can see that there is a natural talent here that he is dialing into for the first time, really, that we're seeing. Like it's not the charisma that we liked in the previous things. It's exactly it's like the charisma plus craft. And I think it goes back to what you mentioned. We were talking about plot. It's just the writing is so mm-hmm. good that it allowed these actors the ability to just sink their teeth in and do it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And these are still young actors who really haven't had big things yet. Nope. None of them really mm-hmm. had at this point. And but they got it. They just brought it. Mm-hmm. It was, it, and and again, this is a this is a story we've seen before. These are characters we kind of know yeah. from these similar stories. Mm-hmm. But man, I was uh, I was super impressed. I was very, very, very impressed. And maybe I'm biased, but I thought Nick Cage was the best in the show. Oh, he's great. He's he's absolutely great in this. I mean, he gets to do most of the like the best stuff. I think. You know what I mean? He, yes. There is the the hustle, the pull hustle scene was so damn funny. We need to talk about that in directing because it is fantastic. Before <laughs> we move on to directing, I just want to point out a couple of other cameos that I really loved in okay. this, which was Carol Kane. As who's that? Uh, so she, do you know who that actor is? No. Oh, so she plays the prostitute at the beginning, which is such a funny scene when they bring her on the date. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, Annie, she's great. So she she's been in a million things. She was in like most recently she was in um uh Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, she's the landlord. Okay. Oh, is she she's the landlord? Okay. She was oh, in okay. um you know that the babysitter movie that like the calls from you from inside your house. That's Carol Kane. She was okay. in Scrooge as the like fairy, like the ghost of Christmas future no pat okay present maybe Fu- future is the yeah, Grim so it's Reaper. present then the present um yeah. or no past it's i don't fucking know one of them anyways it's the the woman <laughs> <laughs> not the grim not reaper, the grim reaper. <laughs> not- <laughs> um and then the other person that showed up in this i don't know if you clocked it but michael madsen is in this where he is the 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 soldier with the amputated leg frank that is the fetus of Michael Madsen. Really? I I, I believe you. I'm pulling up a picture Pull it up. right now. Too. I promise you it's him. I double checked the IMDb. Oh, I don't doubt you for a yeah. second. I'm just trying. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, it I was watching it. Oh, I was watching it today. Yeah, and I, went, okay. I had my headphones okay. on and I was like, oh, shit. And Randy's like, what's the matter? I was like, Michael Madsen is a fetus. <laughs> like, nice yeah, I'm used to seeing him with a lot more of a grizzled, pockmarked yeah. like Quentin Tarantino. Verse. Yes, exactly. But I was like, oh my god, is the fetus <laughs> of Michael Madsen? <laughs> Weirdly, that I was did not the moment catch that made me go like, this movie is fucking old <laughs> because he is so like baby faced at this. Uh, wow, I didn't even catch that. Wild, good, right? Good spotting. Thank you. Thank you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I agree with you on all your statements. I think this is beautifully acted. Nick Cage killed it. I'm surprised by how much I liked this movie. I gotta tell you. Me too. I I told Devin the same thing. I was like, that was a legitimately good it film. Was good. <laughs> it was it was really good. And I think a lot of it comes it was... down to the direction because can we go into that or did you have more things you wanted to say about it? A hundred percent and the floor is also yours. Okay, two things. First of all, as a California resident, like I think that I sometimes forget how beautiful our coastline is because I've just seen it a lot. And this, dude, I was like, I was shocked. Yeah, that's north. That's all in Northern California. That is. It looked, reminded me of Goonies. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Northern California. You keep going up. One what you're going to end up in Astoria if you keep going up high enough on that same mm-hmm. coastline. But yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's like north of San Francisco. Um, but this movie feels like very much like a love letter to that coastline in a way that made me see it in like almost romantic terms which i think i forget how beautiful i just went to the beach like last week but still even just seeing this again like in the winter um i think with the sort of period trappings like i think we can remove that and and i think like i usually think like east coast so it was 
watching this yeah. this time and seeing it on the west coast was i don't know it was kind of a little bit of a revelation for me and i'm just like i need to go for a drive up the 101 it was also really nice for or me one. again i i i'm a midwest boy mm-hmm. um so when you hear california you think la san francisco oh, or san no, diego the best right? parts of california are in northern california and so whenever you get these movies uh-huh. or shows or whatever where it kind of shows you the different side mm-hmm. of it it's just breathtaking yeah like that i mean that's just gorgeous i can't wait for you and devin to come visit so we can drive up to the avenue of the giants that'd be amazing you, you have no idea we, we definitely have to get you, we definitely need to start getting something planned. i know i know we really do you're I, it's like you think you know what it's gonna be like to go see giant you know thousand year old trees but it is you will experience actual awe it sounds like my church i've always said mm-hmm. that i find the most peace and serenity when i'm yeah. out in the woods and i can't hear anything we're gonna go out there and walk around indoor because i mean like that's where they shot all of that stuff so mm-hmm. you can go walk around and pretend you're an ewok we'll sing the yub nub song but i will but yeah. i will dress as one it'll be fantastic <laughs> me, and, me and randy can walk around do the not yard. tempt him he will do it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that part of it i really loved but then so i think it's clear that the direction is good in terms of like the the caliber of um, performances that he gets out of its entire yes. cast. But the, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the pool scene specifically because Great. I think he takes this inside this very like kind of dreamy, romantic, emotional story. We have this one incredible plot beat where they're trying to hustle these sailors. And- Which they had been slowly hinting at mm-hmm. and building up mm-hmm. to. And I had a feeling it was going to be a hustle. Right. Um, I, I, I was like prepared for that to be the way it went, yes. but they built up to it. They didn't give it away mm-hmm. right away. Like it was a build up. It was a mo. It was a movement to this point, and it delivered, which was even more important. I couldn't believe like there's so much tension in this scene, and there is a sense of, and I mean this as a positive, a sense of sweatiness to this movie. Have you ever tried to hustle somebody in pool rage? <laughs> No, I'm so terrible at pool. I've played a lot of it and I like it, but I would never attempt to hustle someone. I've definitely back in my heyday at Miami. Uh huh. <laughs> pool I, hustler. I, I had done that. I had done that a few times. A few times. I was, you know, while I was tight on money and some of the frat boys were in there acting big. I, I knew I could do it. Ooh. The sense of that's like what you were describing. That sense of like nerves and that palpitation and just like like this could go fucking sideways really goddamn fast because like yeah again i was playing frat kids who i was who had way more money than i did and i was doing it because i didn't have any money right, right? that was the so whole this felt very game. like autobiographical for you <laughs> and it was just like i hadn't felt that feeling in a long time because luckily i'm not in that place anymore right? and now you're making uh, it rain no <laughs> <laughs> got that scientist uh, money <laughs> and um i just thought uh, you were saying it just captured that feeling of like the dread building up and it was slow yeah. but it wasn't slow in a way where it was like dragging it was just like building this tension yeah and what started out as comedic started it was drawn at- dr- carefully drawn oh, out it was so good like i you know Nick Cage's eyes like darting back and forth to the fire exit. Mm-hmm. There, I love. There's one moment where they like talk all the sailors into you know making it more interesting. Yep. And the guy starts 
just like knocking balls into the into the pockets and he's like he's a mm-hmm. lot better than he was five minutes ago and you're like oh, oh my god damn the hustlers <laughs> just got hustled and and it really ramps up the tension like you think the tension is going to be about like are these guys going to get hip to the fact that they're being hustled and then it just turns it on a dime where all suddenly they're like oh no the these guys are not getting hustled they may be doing the hustling and it created a different set of stakes and you just see like beads of sweat like popping oh, out on Nick Cage's upper lip because, and as they're just like mark, I don't know, like even just marking on a on a chalkboard in that in that scene feels yeah. really, um, it feels loaded in a way that really speaks to how effectively the tension is created in that scene, which I was not expecting in the middle of a love story, and I no, and I welcomed and was delighted by even it. even though it was hinted at and built up. Yeah, to. no, yeah. I wasn't expecting it to deliver on that 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 level and to have kind of like yeah. really have a full like set piece there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't a passing sort of thing. Like we spent some time in that bar watching it unfold, and and it was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, it it, it was probably outside of the abortion fallout mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah. I would say it's probably my favorite yeah. part. Yep. Yep. Definitely. But I think you, I think we kind of encapsulated talking about the way the direct. I mean, we all these things kind of always overlap mm-hmm. a lot too. Um, but I had nothing negative to say. Yeah. I thought that the love story was handled in a respectful yeah. way. It wasn't like rapid or anything. Mm-mm. Um, I thought the friendship between Cage and Penn was done very, very well. And it showed that like, like you love your high school friends. You love these kids you grow up yeah. with, and even though you know they're flawed, like it's like. It's like you said, like you didn't even open the fucking door. Like yeah. it's, it's like those kind of things, right? Like I'm still your friend, but goddamn, don't make it so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like be better. I know you can be better. You're better to me. Be better to the world. And I, I thought that was encapsulated well. Um, the only this isn't even a con. The only thing that I felt like kind of broke the this this really good feeling throughout the entirety of the film was the very very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see the that chasing down the train. Yeah. And that was just more like I, I don't know that it felt a little bit hokey for a film that really felt grounded throughout. Yeah. There's a bittersweetness to it though, right? Because it doesn't tell yeah. you you don't get resolution about what's gonna happen to these boys. Exactly. So there it is a little hokey, but I also it also made me a little sad. Because I was like, yep. I have no idea. In my head, I thought I thought for sure we would find out like we would see Sean Penn come back and and but not Nikki or something, but they don't even yeah. give, they don't give us that. And and I think that they don't even get on the train. <laughs> yeah. So like I agree with you. I do think it's like weird. And I don't even know that it's the performance. I feel like it's the music. It's the music and it's like the tone. Like I said, it's, like yeah. a, it's a big tonal shift, which I think is triggered yeah. by the music. Yeah. Um. But I wonder if they had had a different music and like. Also kind of like color temperature in that scene because it was weirdly yeah. sunny after everything was so gray. Yes. Like I, I if, Very if gray. If they had maintained <laughs> that sort of Northern California winter um, palette and had maybe slightly less music, like I, I wonder yep. if we, would, we wouldn't feel that final beat was a little. Yeah, it felt like Sandlot. It felt like they could get ready to run from the <laughs> big dog You know what? Yes, it did feel like the Sandlot. <laughs> you are correct. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking call. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite quotes. Okay. Um, this one. I'm going to try my best to find these on YouTube, but this film is definitely less popular than some of the other ones I've been able to find so far. I think far. I can probably help you get the audio if you want the audio. Okay, cool. So mine is 
She's a Gatsby girl, if you ask me. You're barking up the wrong pair of gams. Well, damn it, I thought you had a different quote, so I had to go look for a different quote. <laughs> so I didn't write down the quote I wanted. <laughs> but that is a great quote. And also, gams is one of my favorite words. That's why I picked it. I always it. tell my cats they have sex gams. <laughs> <laughs> was that yours too? No, I was going to go for the thing about the ant with her, her lips. But then I, I oh. the times were really close. So I thought, mm-hmm. I thought that was your quote. And I was like, damn it. And this one's hard because... As much as we like the Nikki character, and I think that this is fine for the time because the the time period, but there is a it's yeah. hard to find quotes because everything he says is so laced with pejoratives. Yes, throughout the entire yeah. thing, right? Like it's like a lot of anti-Japanese language in this, and I understand. Yeah, that was something too where I just I didn't want to deal with it, so right. I just picked the one that was funny yeah. and made me smile. <laughs> yes, no, I think you did great. So I just went with. And it was mostly about the delivery. Oh, wowee! (laughs) (laughs) When he spots the tattoo parlor. Honestly, the best lines in this movie are are by the tattoo artist. Do you remember that? Like him giving him, he was giving him so much shit. It was amazing. He's all drunk and he's like, like, son, I'm going to do you a favor. (laughs) I'm not going to put anything on you on that. You're going to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the last thing for our review proper then is to what cage fan Mm. do we recommend this film? Uh uh Would you like to go first or do me to go first? Um, I'll let you go first because I feel like I never quite nail these. So I'm still trying to learn from you. (laughs) Okay, so I I've been following a similar format where I do the Nick Cage something, yeah. And for this one, I did the Nick Cage Enigma. Oh, okay. I, I picked that word similar to how we talked about during the review. Cage goes the full Monty here. Yeah, he's funny. He's problematic. Yeah, he's sad. <laughs> he's troubled. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the first time on this podcast, at least, that we have seen him. As the Academy Award winning actor Nick Cage. Yeah. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Um, and, and that's not saying that Valley Girl wasn't good or Prisoners of Ghostland wasn't strange. It's more just saying this is the Nick yeah. Cage that sold out movie theaters like every single summer in the 90s. Yeah. And it's, and it's just because he is a engrossing character who brings a lot of emotion to the screen who has Academy Award level talent. Come on, pig. Come on, pig. <laughs> Come on, give it to him. And then Rachel, your category. So I went a different direction. I went with for right. the woogie woogie. We will play as a company B fan. <laughs> Wait, what was it? <laughs> the boogie woogie boogle boy. A company B Nick Cage fan. <laughs> okay. I actually know that reference, so you're you're good. You aren't dating yourself. Well, God, I hope that's not from my era. <laughs> For the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B fan. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. So we we have to place it on our very subjective ranking list. This is tough. I think it's. Yeah, so I I think it's very clear it's going to be above Prisoners of Ghostland Best of Times. Yes, yes. Um, For myself, I am inclined to put it above Valley Girl, but I am willing to hear the argument as to why Valley Girl should remain number one. Okay, so here's the thing. is I think that Nick Cage 
is better in this and i think that the movie is a quote-unquote better movie but i had more fun and got more nick cage for my bang for my buck with valley girl so if this is a which movie is the best i think this is obviously the best if if this is about nick cage i feel like there's a counter argument that maybe it's like just below Valley No, Girl. you actually sold me. I think that's fair. We were we because this is not like the way we have this yeah. document labeled is the Nick ultimate Nick Cage viewing order. Yeah. So we are viewing Nick Cage. Yeah. So I am in agreement with you that even though I think this is the better film, yeah. if I was going to tell someone to go and enjoy a Nick Cage experience mm-hmm. in order, I think I would tell them to watch Valley Girl. Yeah. Before this. Yeah. Because this is more of like a showcase for Sean Penn. Yes. And so that that is really where I was like struggling. So I'm glad that we could. You are so smart. I appreciate <laughs> oh my it. God. It's, well, it's, I think it's like you just clarified it. Like, like you're right. Like it's a better movie, but the Nick Cage of yeah. it all. Like it's is... more like more Nick Cage charisma, more Nick Cage screen yeah. time. So I think. You're so cool. Yeah. I think that's how we got to do it tough these are going to get harder and harder you know they can't all be best of times versus valley girls sometimes they're gonna no they can't can't. (laughs) especially because i have a couple ideas i'm gonna run by you uh after we finish recording about the next uh three episodes oh oh, okay i like and the next episode will be revealed after this short musical interlude (laughs) i love all the producing this is so exciting Okay, so I spoke with Rachel yes. about what I wanted to do for our December episode. Yes. And I looked around, and there's like one Nick Cage Christmas movie. Wild. It's called The Family Man. It came out in 2000, and you said you haven't seen it no, before. No, I've never seen it. Because this is like in the era of Nick tr- Cage where he wasn't like quite crazy, but he also wasn't quite like peak like acting Nick Cage. It was like, yes. so I, I, it fell through my Nick Cage cracks. Okay, so I actually remember this movie growing up. Okay. I'm not sure if I remember the movie or the trailer. Yeah. Because the trailer has the Days Go By, that, that song in it from Talking oh, Heads. does it? Oh, that's a great song. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. It's, I'm pretty sure. But basically, it's like, it's almost like a Scrooge kind of story. Like, but not so much like, like a what if. It's like oh, Nick Cage. like a Wonderful Life a, type of thing? Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Interesting. Uh, Tay Leone uh, okay. acts opposite okay. him. Okay, I'm into it. Uh, so, and I already, I already cleared it by you. So that's our, that's our next episode. Yeah. Is the family? Well, we gotta night. get festive. We gotta do it. I'm like all yes. in. I'm like Halloween is now over, and I am ready for the holiday season. Like I'm ready. And so, I guess if, if you're cool with it, I can tell you what I wanted to do for the next two episodes. If you were, down. Okay. I mean, I'm very flexible, so this shouldn't be a hard sell. Okay, so for January, okay. since it's my birthday. Oh. I wanted to know if you would be okay doing The Rock. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. And then for February, yes. since it is the Academy Award season, hopefully the Academy shows some respect. But if not, I think we should do Pig. Then. Okay. Well, we we will right the wrong. 
We will single-handedly right the wrong if he is not. Or we will start the praise yes. early. <laughs> Either way, it's a win-win. <laughs> so then that is our layout okay, then. Like it. So it's going to be Family Man, Family Man. The Rock, and Pig. Pig. I'm and I'll, I'll keep you posted and signposted along the way. Um, but for our listeners who are playing along, that is your next three-month viewing schedule. <laughs> I mean, listen, you're welcome. Because I, I feel like it's like a little mini vacation when you like take a Nick Cage break, right? I totally agree. I totally yep. agree. I have I have had fun every even with the the ghost land of it all. I was still like, okay, <laughs> so bad. this this is something. This is it is it okay. wasn't boring. I will tell you that it was so far from boring. Yeah. It was just. It was okay. It was like, all right. I've seen things my eyes had did. never seen before. And I expect yes. nothing less from Sion Sono. Because <laughs> I have also seen Suicide Club. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, guys, as a reminder, if you want to send us your memories and thoughts uh, on Nick Cage, uh, I, I would hope a lot of people had seen The Family Man, but I was surprised Rachel hadn't, so maybe not. But just send us an email. And again, if you want to send us some artwork, we will use it on the show to send it over to Nick Cage at zombie girls that's g-r-r-l-z dot com um we've gotten obviously the one email back when we did valley girl but we are we are always waiting to hear what other um i messed up someone sent us a letter and i forgot to read it on a previous show oh cool (laughs) so you have it right now have it now The floor is yours. Perfect. I didn't know. Let's okay, do it. cool. So, first of all, Peter, I apologize. I did get your email, and I am, I have no excuse. I messed up, and I missed it. So, really quickly, I just wanted to read an email that we received from Peter. So, he said... Love it. I love and am excited about this concept. I don't know if you're still planning on pulling in guest hosts and odd zombie girl here or there. That would be fun. But if not, no worries. Cage demands his center stage. Agree. So he has a couple of little suggestions for us that we may want to consider. I love so it. Let's, let's take it. these under advisement. Suggestions. Maybe bundle all the short performances and cameos he's done into one episode in the future. Might be nice just to that acknowledge those films and maybe even do a Where's Waldo sort of thing, even if there isn't much to talk about. That could be, could fun. be fun. I think it could be a lot I of fun. I wonder if there's, yeah, I wonder if there's, we should talk about this and see if we can like maybe develop this idea. A little bit, and maybe even make it for like a Patreon thing mm, for bonus for your for your yeah for your actual Patreon yes. site. It could be something like that where we put a little bit more time into like because obviously we, we we put effort into this, but it's this is definitely our laid back. This is yeah, this is podcast our podcast project. <laughs> this is the one we do like. Yeah. But I, I would I would have a lot of fun. I think doing yeah. that, and that could also be one where we bring in guests to yeah. to kind of like. Like Nick Cage in the start of this movie, but my favorite cameo of his is X or yeah, whatever. Definitely. Cool. I think that could be really fun. So yeah, well, we're gonna talk more about that. And then he said, okay. I was thinking maybe you could run a contest or poll to name the podcasts to your listeners, but immediately but that immediately felt weird. Like it's having someone else name your pet. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the reason why it's called the Untitled Nick Cage Show is because we could literally not. No, we name. spent like three 
three months, like bouncing ideas back and forth, and then we kept postponing the first episode because we couldn't name the. So damn finally, thing. we're like, let's just record it and we'll figure it out. And then I don't know about you, but like some weird thing happened where I was just like, no, this is the right na- no name is yeah. the right name. <laughs> and then like we couldn't figure out the artwork or anything, and then we talked to Randy like, oh, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and it's perfect. It's perfect, <laughs> and, and that's why I want if people like it and they want to draw their best yes. from the cage, like send it in. We'll yes. use it. Like. This is meant to be laid back, fun, and enjoying an actor who has such a breadth of films right. that we can go from Willy's Wonderland to leaving Las <laughs> Vegas, racing, racing with the moon. With the mo- I know, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, and so finally says Rachel, I do appreciate your network shows and the wonderful people you create with them. Oh, that's so nice. I know the best part of this all for me is just like. The friends I met along the way, which sounds corny, but like it's actually true. <laughs> I reached out to Rachel, just trying to get someone who had a more established feminist viewpoint on to help us better review Suspiria. Yep. It was like our first; it was our first and only re-review. Yep. And then I glommed on to you and made you be my best friend. <laughs> and, and, and Rachel thought we were bringing her on the beater up, and it was no like we want. Please help us understand. Better. I think I even <laughs> said like three or four times like. Okay, I'm going to go some places with this. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Is that like you you brought me on here for that reason, right? And you guys are like, "Yes, yes." If you ever want to hear where the the journey began, it's it's, it's, a it's, great it's a Suspiria episode. re-review. I stand by that episode. I thought it was great. I still love our Midsummer review. That was yeah. the only one we ever got that toxic response back from. Which uh, to me, I'm like, "Yes, we're pissing off the right people." Yeah, I was like, and the thing is, like, they, they were feisty with you, it seemed like, and I was like, I was the one who was going harder than she was. I mean, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so let's see, what else does he say? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, he just says some really nice things that I'm not going to read all because I get embarrassed. But thank you, Peter. Okay. I really appreciate, uh, and I'm so sorry I didn't read this sooner. I hope that you're still with us and that you got to hear it this time. And we love your idea of the cameos for a future episode. So we are going to talk yes. some more about that. And I think we're going to And I will keep it running because I'm going through the IMDb of mm-hmm. it all to like kind of figure out if he's actually a big role. Again, like the, the actor, best supporting yeah. actor kind of spot. Um, but I can easily keep a list of the ones we have to skip over because he's not big yeah. enough. And then we can do that. I think it'd be a lot of yeah. fun. I wonder. And I don't know. I'm not sure if there's any zombie girls who have big Nick Cage fan fandoms yeah. that we can bring on for their, their favorites. Obviously, we skipped Valley Girl. We didn't skip it. We did yeah. Valley Girl and didn't bring anybody right. on for some people's favorites. But I think in the future, we could definitely do that yeah, every we once could, in a while. we could put it out there and see. I mean, like, also, your co-host on Here's Johnny has not seen, like, any Nick Cage movies. So maybe we should pick one to, like, make him watch with us. Maybe we should make him watch The Rock with us. Like, for your birthday maybe. episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I, trying to think if I was going to make him do it, like, which one I want him to really, I mean, is it that like, one or Face Off? Or do we want to go, that's like, what I, That's what I was Lieutenant. saying. Face Off was the one I was kind of sitting on mm-hmm. because I was – part of me wanted to do The Rock and part of me really wanted to do Face Off. But there's a bigger part of me that's, like, I want to put Face Off off for as long as possible. Right. Like, I – I could eat a peach for hours, you know. <laughs> you like to let it linger. I got you. It. I got you. <laughs> Take your time. Draw it out. But yeah. All right. Well, Peter, thank yes, you so absolutely. very much. Anybody else? Send us emails. Uh, we I, we love to hear mm-hmm. from you. Like this is fun. This is meant to be fun. And if there's any criticism, uh, keep it positive. But we definitely respond we'll to it. Cri- and we'll, go we'll take for constructive. There. Yes. Um. That's all I got, Rachel. Anything else? That's all I've got, except for the rage that we are about to unleash. Yes. 
We are. So stick around after the closing music. If you are a patron, you will get the full breakdown. And if you are just uh, a regular listener, a peon, if you will, you'll just get the tease. And you have to go over to the zombie girls on Patreon to get the full thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll tell you. We'll wait for the extended. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. We'll see you next month. Thank you. Bye, (laughs) everyone. Okay, we're in the extended now. Yeah, Randy calls them the barnacles. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And again, it's met with love. Totally, 100%. I listen to so many podcasts I don't donate to. It's totally fine. Of course, of course. I I am in that boat. It's just a funny thing he says, obviously. Yes. It's why when I send Rachel the audio files, I usually use some kind of like elitist term for the Patreon file and then like some subservient term for the bottom one. Barnacle will definitely be used this week. I promise you. Uh, So our excited episode, we have two things to talk about. Cage Rage, that comes later. But first, we have to talk about our forced watches. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited Um, to hear what you thought. Are you? Yes. Should I go first then? Yes. (laughs) I watched... Episode one of season three of what oh, we do season in the shadows. Three? I thought you had you never watched any of the show. I, ha- I, I had seen season one. Okay, see, I thought you had seen none of it. So that's why I was like, you need to watch the first episode. This is insane. I don't remember a lot of it, but I, I had watched with Devin like the first like three or four episodes of season okay. one. So I was familiar with all. Okay, the characters. okay, 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 okay. I missed some stuff in season two with the the mass murder and everything. Yeah. You missed, um, like, major stuff about, like, Guillermo. <laughs> but, Rachel, I don't like what? it. What? I don't like it. I don't find it funny. Even seeing Taika pop up and reprise his role didn't do it for me. Wild. Like, you don't find Colin to be funny at all. No. Like, when he was <laughs> in the, like, at the the local government thing, like, feeding on all the people. Not funny to you. No. That, that was in the first season, right? Yeah. When they found him. He was the emotional vampire yes. or whatever. Wild. I, I it's, so controversial. For as much as Resident Alien was just fantastic, yeah. and I'm almost done with season one. Yeah. And you loved the movie, not right? Do it for you me. loved the movie. Oh, yeah. I love the movie. Interesting. Yeah, I, the movie. I wonder what it is that's different for you about this show and the movie. Like Guillermo it's, does it's nothing been a thing for you. That I haven't wanted to tell Justin about really? because I, I did try watching the first season after we reviewed the movie, and it was just not my cup of tea. That's so interesting. I wonder what it is, what the difference is. I'm very curious. I have no idea. I, I, I honestly, it's I don't know. Because I think a lot of people prefer the show to the movie. I I think from what I've seen, I think so too. I, mean, I personally love them both. Like I'm not choosing between mm-hmm. my children. I love them both. But that is so interesting to me. I mean, it's and it's not that it's bad. It it, it made me laugh and it was fine. But like, it's just my god. There's just nothing there for me to like. Okay, well, let's keep going. Or like, what's next? It's like really? okay. I see. I'm very, very mm-hmm. invested in Nadia and very, very invested in um, uh, 
Caramel. I liked her little puppet. Yes, I mean, I that's like, yeah, yeah, her, I think it's like her ghost, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm very invested in Guillermo, um, and I find the show to be hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's okay it just, if you for don't. For me, it was... No, that's fine. It was the, it was the, when they were trying to quadruple hypnotize mm-hmm. um, Guillermo. Right. It just didn't See, the land. joke to that's me that's is like, Guillermo I, just like, it's ridiculous. And Guillermo's like, yes, yes, it's working. Yeah. Oh, like, that's it, 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 funny yeah, to it, me. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm not knocking it. It's not bad. Like, I've, I've seen bad. It's not bad. It's just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. I wonder if missing the, the entire second season impacts that. You know what I mean? Like, you were not there for Guillermo. Because, like, Guillermo in season one is a very different person than he is in season three. Yeah. So you missed all that, yeah. of the stuff about him discovering who he was, yeah, which and is then really all funny. All that was on FX on YouTube TV mm-hmm. was, uh, Season oh three. geez, I had no idea. I would not see. I would not have dropped you into episode one of season three. Yeah, and I, I wanted to make sure I watched it. And it was like all I really had available to oh, me no. in that regard, which is why I watched Ooh, it that geez. way. Well, I'm sorry that it was not a fun time for you, no, but I appreciate apologize. you giving it a shot. But <laughs> of course, do, do not apologize. It was you did not waste my time. Okay, at all. good, good. I'm glad. Um, hopefully, I'll do better with my next. <laughs> But you know what? Here's the thing is like, I need to know what works and what doesn't because it helps me. All the data is helpful, right? Like, I agree. So if you don't like something, then I'll know to like skirt away from things. You know what I mean? So that's, that's totally fine. The, 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 the dry British humor for me sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. And this one, it just wasn't clicking. My love of Matt Berry has no bounds. And I wonder if I'm just like (laughs) totally prejudiced by that because I loved him so much and like Mighty Boosh and the IT crowd and, Garth mm-hmm. Marenghi like I am such a Matt Berry stan so like I, I came into it with like a predisposition to love those characters I think I don't know but that's okay that's alright we can't we can't get them all right <laughs> we can't totally I can't and, and like I said it was it, I did not feel like my time was actively being mm-hmm. wasted which is a teaser for what is to come okay, okay. well then I'm glad I would never want to contribute to that especially knowing you never that, have that sh- okay, you never have <laughs> I value your time. I respect your time. Um, okay, so I watched the American Horror, horse, no, American. I mean, actually, yes, American Horror Story, American Crime yeah. Story, impeachment, and um, man, this is some feel bad watching. <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, right? like it is wonderfully acted, and there is some dark humor in this that, like, yeah. like when she, when Linda Tripp is just like it's nineteen ninety four. Mm. roughly right and linda tripp is just microwaving the saddest baked potato that is such a pitch perfect zinger for that time where like you know fat ladies were reading susan powder and like you know stopping the insanity and eating like a big plain baked potato from their microwave like that those kinds of attention to detail that ryan murphy seeds into his stuff like he did it with mm-hmm. this he did it with feud which is totally underappreciated in my opinion um and is like one of my favorite things that he's ever done um he did a nip tuck as well yes i mean little there, he is a maestro of like character like or like a time period zingers um yes i think i hate the fat suit i'm bummed out by the fat suit but goddamn, i love sarah paulson and she's incredible in terms of her performance um beanie fieldstein is 
like a queen and I love her and she's so good as Monica Lewinsky who I have she only gets better I have such deep empathy for Monica Lewinsky like I I mean I lived through it and I remember a time when I did not because like the prevailing sort of attitudes and also I was very young um I was Mm -hmm. very young (laughs) well I I I remember being uh a young kid yeah at a all guys hunting trip, like my uncles and cousins and stuff, and it was on TV. Yeah. And I remember oh. conversations being had about Monica from family members who aren't even Republicans, who aren't even Democrats. Yeah.